You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Oh, yes, the draft, it has come, it has gone. We have a lot of thoughts on the draft and what happened this past weekend. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Greg, there's a lot of negativity out there regarding this draft from the Patriots. Uh, I have heard all of the negativity. Uh, What are your overall thoughts on the draft and what we saw play out from Thursday through Saturday? Well, Nick, uh, I think my my overall um, sort of feeling coming out of this draft is um, a little bit of confusion. Um, Hmm. Look, you know, we we talked about this draft ad nauseum for a while. And, you know, basically – I hoped or I thought that the Patriots would take offensive line in round one. I figured an offensive tackle didn't happen. They went with Cole Strange. I figured a wide receiver in round two. I figured there'd still be some high-end guys available there, um, depending on how the quarterbacks went in the first round. And only one quarterback went above the Patriots. So, um, you know, that wasn't, you know, great for them. And I thought they would go cornerback in round three. So what I what they did was similar to what I thought. So I feel, you know, good about that. Um, it's just, you know, the value that I thought they got. And, and look, people will make an argument. You might even make this, Nick, where it's like, all right, well, who's, whose value are we talking about? And, and it's a legitimate argument. Um, it's sort of, you know, one of those things that makes the draft go round. But when a couple of things that I want people to understand, you know, when, when they talk about these draft evaluators, like whether it's Mel Kuyper or Daniel Jeremiah or, you know, whoever, you know, even those of us beat writers who, who have sources around the league, what people have to understand is most of the time, these guys, like, say, with a Mel Kuyper, Mel Kuyper might lean a little bit more towards his own analysis, but most of these guys, and it's grown in years because I think the, the, the NFL teams themselves um, have come to respect some of these draft analysts. And what, what you hear about their projected on where they're projected to go, it's not just Mel Kuyper's opinion on where this guy should go. Some right. of it is. It's the same with me. Some of it is my own opinion. But a lot of it 
is these guys get on the phone and they talk to NFL sources before the draft because they don't know. They talk to scouts, they talk to front office people, and they say they go over a whole list of names like Bob McGinn, who I worked with at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, who is now doing his draft um, his his draft series at uh, Go Long, um, Ty Dunn's uh, online outfit. Uh, Bob McGinn just gets on the phone for about two straight months and talks to about. He probably talks to 25, 26 different teams and literally has a list at each position and asks these guys, these scouts, these front office people. It's not the consensus, but he asks them, what do you think about this guy? Where do you think he's going to go? Because these guys at the end of the day, they want to look good on their mock draft and they really want to look good on their top 100, like where the top 100 guys in the draft. So when you hear that the Patriots didn't get value or I don't agree with the value that the Patriots got on picks, it's not because I'm believing Mel Kuyper. It's because I'm believing guys who I've observed over the years who have good sources around the league. Um, you know, that being said, um, you know, I just, I didn't, I thought Cole Strange, and we can argue about this, Nick. I thought, I think Cole Strange is going to be a fine player. We'll go over each of the players pick by pick. But I thought trading down from 21, and we'll talk about the trade as well. 21, we know the trade that they accepted. Do you stick and pick? Or do you, when you know that probably there's 20-ish maybe first-round talents in this draft? Or do you trade down, get an extra couple picks, um, what have you? Or But the big thing is, I just don't agree in this day and age and where this team is on taking a guard in the first round. I just don't. Yeah. I don't care if he's going to the Hall of Fame. I don't. I mean, look... The Patriots, when they broke through after a decade drought in the Super Bowl, their interior offensive line was Dan Conley, undrafted, Brian Stork, first-round rookie, Ryan Wendell, undrafted. When they won in 2016 and 2018, Joe Tooney, third-round pick, immediate starter. David Andrews, undrafted, immediate starter. Shaq Mason, fourth-round pick, immediate starter. You don't need a first-round guard, especially maybe tackle I could see, but... Where this team is right now, I thought they should have they, they should have gone with another position. I just didn't see the value there, and I thought Tyquan Thornton, who we'll also talk about, I thought he was a bit of a reach in round two. All right, so look, I don't necessarily disagree with everything up until Tyquan Thornton that you just said. I want to make this very, very clear. If I were to give this draft a grade, I'd probably hover around a C. I didn't love the draft by any means, but I'm going, to, I'm going to attack this differently today. I'm going to give you some optimism and some silver linings. I'm going to give you Ooh. some stuff that people, that people really haven't talked about because I've heard about the reaching. I've heard about Cole Strange, and I've heard about the offensive guard. And again, I don't necessarily disagree. I don't like drafting a guard in the first round. I said my least desirable scenario would be what happened, was drafting a guard in the first round. <laughs> but here are some overall thoughts before we go pick by pick first of all mm -hmm. if you have hated bill belichick drafts recently um then you should like this one and what i mean by that is belichick has been criticized for years sticking with the same programs sticking with the same prototypical measurement guys oh he's a patriot guy right phil perry who does a great job does the prototypical patriots and the mm -hmm. patriots have been dragged for approaching the draft the same way every year. This was different. This was outside the box. I don't know if it's going to work, but if you've hated the same old, same old, 
there was a lot of different with this draft as far as approach yep. and philosophy. Secondly, I would say that, you know, because it was such a different draft and we'll get into Matt Groh later. So I, I don't want you to dig deep into this at all yet, Greg, but yep. we talked about Groh leading into this because it was such a different draft. Does that mean that Belichick actually gave Groh a legitimate seat at the table? We'll get to that. It's just one mm-hmm. thought that maybe this draft was so different that has a lot to do with it. There was a new guy leading, right? I would also say that we went into this draft saying you want speed, you want athleticism. If you wanted those two things, the players, we'll see if they can actually play. We'll see if if they're good. But if you went into this draft wanting speed and athleticism, you got speed and you got athleticism. You got the running back and wide receiver, number one at the combine when it comes to 40 yard dash. Marcus Jones is a terrific athlete. If you want to talk about offensive line athleticism, Cole Strange also is one of the top athletes. I don't go that far, but you know, speed and athleticism, the Patriots addressed it in this draft, whether you like the players or not, they addressed, you know, the needs that we talked about. Everybody's been begging for evolution from the Patriots. When is Belichick going to change? When is he going to realize that, you know, everything he's done is just so off, off the board. Now, if you're begging for evolution, it's happening. You got more speed, as I just mentioned. There's going to be reportedly, because of Jakob Johnson, no more traditional fullback in this offense, which means they might be running their offense slightly differently. They're looking for versatile defensive backs. They have brought in smaller linebackers and guys who could play that hybrid role at the second level. This draft, again, is much different. So if you've been begging for different, if you've been begging for evolution, you got it with this draft. And finally, People are questioning, oh, the two Jones picks at cornerback. Listen, you're addressing, I think, some matchup problems that you have with Buffalo and Miami with with these Jack Jones and, and Marcus Jones picks. So, again, just different points. I didn't love the draft. Don't get it twisted. I'm not telling you it was a fantastic draft. But if you want to take some silver linings, I think we saw this team go outside the box. We saw this team try to address needs that we've talked about overall with this football team. And we've wondered if they're going to actually evolve their philosophy and thought process. And I thought you saw some of that this weekend. Yep. I don't disagree with this. And I like that you're bringing some um, sunshine because I'm probably a little <laughs> cloudy today. So, uh, you know, we'll be a little yin and yang here. But yeah, let, it's, let's it's been, start. It's, it's been everybody. It's been everybody's been cloudy. So, again, I, yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with a lot of what people have said, but I feel like Patriots fans, if you've been listening to podcasts or listening to the radio or reading stuff online from all of these national pundits, you've been hammered over the head with the same stuff over and over and over again. So I'm, I'm just trying to bring a little bit of a different twist to it and play some devil's advocate today. So Patriots fans might get the other side and, and actually that it's possible that not every single pick sucked and this draft was a dumpster fire. Absolutely. And I think I think any discussion on this draft, you know, you got to start with the trade down. So, you know, let's talk about that for a second. So they're at 21 overall. Uh, We know that they had an offer for a third and a fourth round pick 94 and 121. Um, I was just trying to figure out what that what those picks. I think one of them turned into 121 was Jack Jones, Jones, the cornerback. And then the other trade down. Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, so they got a they got a 2023 third round pick, and 137 would be Zappy. Bailey Zappy. Okay. Um, 
So on the clock, you're on the clock with the Patriots. And I went over this. And if anybody's curious, I did I did an alternate universe what I would have done on the clock if I was the Patriots with what was on the board. Okay. And including do I trade down or not? Because I think that's the key first decision. On the board, cornerback Trent Duffy, who the Chiefs traded up and picked in your spot. Quay Walker, cornerback Kair Elam. Offensive tackler Tyler Smith, edge Jermaine Johnson, linebacker Devin Lloyd. Tough decision. I mean, I think, you know, going into the draft, we talked about McDuffie, Walker, Elam. Johnson we thought would be gone by now, but let's take him out of the equation because I don't think he's quite a scheme fit for the Patriots. He's more of a run-up-the-field type of edge guy. And, of course, Devin Lloyd, who we talked about a lot over the course of the draft season. Um and you're going down 29. You're going down eight eight spots. So, you know, the chances are none of those guys are going to be on the board if you come up and pick again at 29. Chances are they're all going to be gone. At the end of the day, I chose to pick and stick. I chose – I wanted Devin Lloyd, um, Nick. I did, but I thought the Patriots painted themselves, probably from their own doing, into a corner at linebacker by re-signing Juwan Bentley – to a contract extension. I looked at his yeah. contract. Can I get out of it? No, it's not overly expensive. But, you know, if I draft Devin Lloyd and I traded for Mac Wilson, I have Cameron Grown coming back and I have Raekwon McMillan coming back. We told people the Patriots are okay with what they have at linebacker. Like it's not a need. I don't think they view it as a need. I think they view, I think they think they're stocked there. And if they didn't re-sign Juwan Bentley, I'm running up to and, and turning in the card for Devin Lloyd. And, and I don't feel bad about it at all. I feel great. Um, but outside of that, I want a real deal cornerback with first-round experiences between McDuffie and Elam. McDuffie's a little small for me. I'm not sure he could play on the outside all the time. To me, Elam has more upside. I stood pat, and I took Kier Elam. The Patriots traded down. Yeah. Um, look, if you look at this trade – just from a, a value standpoint, if you look at all the draft charts, right? If you look at this trade, then it made a lot of sense from a value standpoint. It, you could argue that the Patriots actually hoodwinked Kansas City a little bit here. And I, I saw a lot of uh, tweets about that. You know, if you look at the value chart and all that good stuff. I thought it was um, pretty even. I mean, maybe I missed something, but I thought it was I pretty. Saw. I mean, probably at the end of the day, once you factor in the future third, maybe they came away with it. But as far as the trade itself, it looked pretty even on the draft value chart. I thought but. I saw something from Warren Sharp or somebody like that yeah, saying that yeah. the Patriots got oh, like 30 points report. or something. <laughs> that the a a nerd report, like, yeah. They got like a 30 or something, and the, the Chiefs got like an 18 or a 19. I, I don't know. But, yeah, look, I agree with you with Lloyd. I, I think one of the things that we learned about this – team and, and how Belichick looks at this team. I would have loved Devin Lloyd, but I think you nailed it, Greg. I, I think when we look at the big picture at this team, we might go into this draft saying edge linebacker. I think Belichick, again, this kind of goes in line with what I started with on this pod today. Belichick, everybody has been screaming, including you and I give the young guys a chance, give the yep. young guys, a play the young guys. Well, look, if you've been screaming that for the last two years, then you can't complain about them not drafting a linebacker or an edge because what they're doing is they're saying, we're betting on Mac Wilson. We're betting on Cam McGrone. Matt Grow took 2.2 seconds, if that, to bring up McGrone when he was asked about drafting a linebacker. He said, look, McGrone mm -hmm. is he, – he, we're looking at him as this year's draft pick. And I agree with that. 
-hmm. It's a reasonable way to look at it. Is it going to work out? I don't know. But that they look at linebacker. They look at edge and they say, hey, look, we've got Jennings. We've got Uche. We've got Perkins. We've invested in that position. It's, it's either shit or get off the pot. Excuse my language with those guys. And so if you've wanted them to play the young guys, if you want to see what their prior drafts can actually produce, you're going to see that. Whether it's good or not, that's the deal. As far as the pick, I would have stayed there. I would have went with a, a cornerback, whether it was Elam or McDuffie, whoever they liked mm-hmm. the most. Um, I, I just value that position a heck of a lot more than I value offensive guard, as we talked about earlier. So I would have, I, I would have, you know, gone the whole stick and pick route. But again, I think we learned looking at this team, Belichick is putting his trust in the moves that have, have been made in the last year or two. And that that's what's happening. And it's all, and I agree come- with that, Nick. I, I agree with you. And I think that, and I am in favor of it. I mean, I, we could argue about like, all right, well, if they, they didn't do it in the past and all of a sudden, you know, well, I mean, now it's right. I mean, I want them to do it like three years ago, but anyways, I, I, the edge totally agree with you. Linebacker completely agree with you. Like I like Mac Wilson. I think he's a starter. If they unlock him, I did a story on that. I, I studied this film. Cameron Grone, I think is a good athlete. He's, if you wanted an underside speedy linebacker, Cameron Grone is that guy. And I'm fine with that. But the Juwan Bentley thing, like yeah. they just should have let it play out longer. Hey, maybe we re- was anybody going to rush to sign Juwan Bentley? I mean, maybe, maybe the Raiders. I don't know. But, you know, I, I let it play out and I already know I have guys and I can sign. I can sign Jamie Collins back if it doesn't work. If if Juwan Bentley signs elsewhere and I don't get a linebacker um, in the draft, then I sign Jamie Collins back or Dante Hightower or so, I don't know, something like that. But. Devin Lloyd, you plug Devin Lloyd into this front seven with what they have and Mac Wilson and what have you. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. But. I agree. They, they could have waited on Bentley. Uh, at least I think they could have. And if you don't bring Bentley back, you can go find somebody that can replicate most of what Bentley does. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly with that, but we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe McGrone is, is the guy and, Raekwon McMillan is somebody who showed some flashes before he got hurt last year. Yep. So we'll mm-hmm. see if those prior moves make sense. All right, let's go pick by pick here. Yep. Uh, before I, I start with Cole Strange, I, I will say this because as you mentioned, I agree with everything you said about Kuiper and, and McShay and, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, he was a scout in the league for a while. Mm-hmm. He knows a lot of people. Bucky Brooks yep. played in the league, you know, so these guys do know personnel people in, in the league and they talk to them. I will say this though. It only takes one. Mm. And what I mean by that is when we talk about free agency, it only takes one team to drive the market on a player. It only takes one or two teams that might be in love with Tyquan Thornton or Cole strange to kind of rattle the Patriots cages. And if, if you thought Cole strange might go in the early to mid thirties, because you think you had some good Intel, then that's why the Patriots would pick them again. Don't like picking a guard in the first round. I'm just talking about value and all the all the points that have been brought up about reaching it only takes one or two teams to like strange or like thornton and then if you miss out on the guy that you love you throw your hands up so let's start with cole strange 29th overall in the first round we both don't like drafting a guard in the first round but your thoughts on the player greg I will get to that right after I tell people about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the source. Now you like that tease? He's sliding yeah. in that sponsor. He's putting a tease out there. Look at this guy. 
Yeah. Hey, I'm headed for big things in radio. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And don't forget this weekend as the run to the roses is on at the Kentucky Derby. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Cole Strange, in favor of the player, I think he'll be an immediate starter. We'll probably play a long time in this league. I actually, watching him, I think he's going to be a better center where, you know, he was mostly a guard in college at the senior bowl. He basically played all center. I think, you know, I, I don't really want to say this, but I'll just say, I think he has a chance to be a a phenomenal all time center. Like once Andrews is done, we don't know how long Andrews is lasting. He has the quickness, the stoutness, the ability to get to the second level, like elite traits. He reminds me when I watched him on film, he reminds me of Alex Mack who has been a long-time great center in this league. Um, I think he's a really good player. I just I would not have taken a guard-slash-center um, in the first round. We've talked about the reasons why. I just don't see the value in that. And this in today's NFL, 10 years ago, yeah, maybe. With a team that was you know, on the precipice of winning a Super Bowl and really needed a good interior offensive lineman, okay, maybe. Not with this team, not where they are right now. It is interesting. Interior offensive lineman went earlier than I thought in the first round across the board, like Kenyon Green, what 15th or no 15th, I think to Houston and uh, Johnson went early. So, you know, some of those guys, they they went earlier than I thought. So Mm -hmm. strange kind of went along with that, which makes you wonder if there were a handful of teams who were hot on guards. And again, it it made some of those teams draft guys a little bit earlier than they really wanted to. And, And maybe they knew, Hey, look, there's, there's really four or five top-notch guards in this draft, so if I want one, I, I'll take one. Again, I don't agree with drafting in the first round of guard, uh, but that's what you've got. I will add this. Mike Giardi had a note this week, and uh, he, he said he reported that from what he heard, it was definite as far as Cole Strange getting drafted in the second round. That from what he heard, there's no doubt there was a team that would absolutely 100% draft strange. Now, again, where was that team in the second round? We don't know. Was that team willing to move up? We don't know, but it, it only takes one, as I mentioned. And if one team was super hot on strange and they were willing to move up in the, you know, 35, 36 range, then you kind of get an idea of why maybe the Patriots would have pulled the trigger at 29, even though I disagree with it. One more thing I would say is Matt grow. I think it's interesting. You bring up the center spot. Because one thing Matt Groh mentioned in his post-draft press conference was people are pigeonholing this guy as a guard. I found that fascinating. Do, do they think he can be more versatile? Do they think he can play center? Do they think he might be able to take some snaps at tackle if they if they develop him and work in him up? In a pinch, yeah. I mean, I asked about that because the, the, the natural thing is, all right, they took this guy in the first round. Maybe they think he can play tackle. I asked I asked a lot of people about that. I also asked people, I can't find anybody that has Cole Strange that would have been, actually been drafted at the top of the second round. So certainly teams were high on Cole Strange, but to actually go and draft that player is yeah. to me a, a different thing. I do I think he's a I think he's a guard center. I do think he can give you snaps at left tackle, but I asked a lot of people 
and nobody thinks that he can, he's a long-term tackle. I mean, right, I, I'm just relaying the information. Yeah. Good intel. Because if, if you looked at him as a tackle or a possible tackle, that changes the value at 29. Yep. No uh, question. Ty- Tyquan Thornton goes at number 50 second round. Of course, the Patriots moved up to draft Thornton at 50 in the second round. Your thoughts on the player? Uh, okay, so I watched a lot of film on Taekwon. I'm about to write up a story for BSJ. Um, I can see why they why they valued him higher than most people. Um, I was surprised. I watched him on film. You know, what you hear about him is just a straight-line guy, small hands, small wrists, goes down at contact, blah, blah, blah. Can I, can I stop, just stop you for a second? 10-second take on the, on the wrists? What – are we really breaking down the size of a dude's wrists at this point? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they think that's an indicator of he doesn't have strong hands that he's not going to hold uh, on to the ball. Okay. Now, the film shows you don't see any of that stuff on film. You see he makes, <clears throat> excuse me, he makes contested catches. Saw him make a ridiculous fade catch. Um, he does back shoulder. He goes over the middle and plucks the ball out of the air. He's, he's not afraid of contact you do see him break a tackle on occasion. So um, I, I could see he's the biggest swing pick in my opinion, in this draft, you know, he has the read of being once he gets to the pro level and he's going against up, up against press man corners. Again, the whole, uh, the whole formula is, is he too fast to go press man? Because if he slips it, then you get beat. Um, He's the big, big swing. I think uh, he has he has bust. If you're going to say one guy's going to bust, it's him. I don't think that's the case. I actually think he has a better chance than most of the guys with his profile. I think he has a good chance. I just would have taken Travis Jones, the nose tackle for UConn. I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, uh, our guy Evan Lazar, he he has done some film too. And, and one of the things that jumps out at me, and he's brought this up so it's not an original idea, you know, props to Evan but the release is at the line of scrimmage and, you know, the kind of the quick feet kind of release at the line of scrimmage to, to get into the beginnings of your route. You see that with Thornton. And that's something that you don't see from really many, if any of these Patriots receivers. Uh, I will also bring up Giardi. Look at me just giving a bunch of shout outs to people today. Uh, Giardi as part of his Cole strange report also said that, you know, as far as Thornton, someone was lurking and he he's really confident that someone was, you know, lurking and in love with with Thornton, and one Boy, of the teams. Giardi's just gone full honk. Who's he? Who are his sources? <laughs> Patriots sources? I don't know, but it, he brought up maybe Pittsburgh as that team lurking. That you know, or, or you know, maybe they liked some of the stuff they saw on film. So I agree with you, though. Thornton is the is the swing pick. If yep. if Thornton works out, if they hit a home run with Thornton, yep. I don't. I don't think many people are crying about this draft. Three hundred percent, hundred percent. If he's if he's what they drafted him to be. Um, this, this draft is great. All right. Let's run through, uh, quickly the rest of the draft yep. here. Marcus Jones at 85, Greg, love him, baller ball player. I would have picked this guy in the same spot. Um, you know, he's your future slot guy, kick returner can give you probably a few snaps on offense too. I, I worry about his shoulders. He had shoulder surgery on both of them already. That's an issue for an interior sort of guy and a willing tackler, but love him. Lo- absolutely love him. Love the pick. Arizona State cornerback Jack Jones with 121. This was another pick where people were screaming, "Oh my God, what a reach by Belichick!" Your thoughts on Jack Jones? Yeah, I would have. Uh, you know, he he's he's a bit of a reach, 
you know, you hear that he has man cover traits. And look, if if the Patriots again, this is another swing pick. It's a risky pick. It's a swing pick. If they got their man corner later than I wanted to, I wanted Elam in the first round. They got theirs later, picked up more picks. They got their inside cornerback and in, in Marcus Jones of the future. Then great. I do think there's questions about Jones and you know, he had a lot of off field issues earlier. We'll see if those are still the case. Obviously the Patriots, Matt Gross said they did a lot of homework. So, you know, I'm good with that. I put I took I took Shaker. Khalil Shaker, wide receiver, Boise State, in my draft in this spot. The Patriots met with Jones, top 30 visit. They went out to Arizona to talk to the Arizona State people about Jones. So, yeah, they did a lot of homework on him. He was a five-star recruit, I believe, coming out of high school. Uh, He was really, really good in his freshman year. And then the -the off-the-field stuff bit him. Now, we know that there's been some, you know, past examples of this. Malcolm Butler – Uh, JC Jackson, some things going on where guys were very talented, but it didn't work out for one reason or another. I'm not telling you that Jack Jones is going to be Butler uh, or, you know, JC Jackson, but the Patriots have a history of this and they feel comfortable with the homework they've done. They were right on Butler. They were right on Jackson. We'll see if they're right on Jack Jones. Pierre Strong at uh, 127 running back home run hitter, Greg. Like, love the pick, good player, you know, can give you a bunch of things, you know, uh, uh, James White uh, with speed. So I I like the pick there. Yeah, and let's not forget that White over the weekend said he's got a ways to go. He might not be back. He might not. I I hope he comes back, but it's a a hip, significant injury to the hip and and surgery to the hip. So, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not banking on James White. I love him. Hopefully he comes back and he looks like James White, but I'm not banking on it. Uh, 137. Here's another pick that kind of rattled the cages. Cause I think people were fine with Pierre strong again, shifty, different kind of running back. They have Harris coming up on his contract, Bailey Zappi at 137, the quarterback, your thoughts, like the pick one of them to take a quarterback, both their backup quarterbacks are in contract years. Uh, I wanted, I asked our guy, uh, Kevin field for a quarterback plugging in all the stuff I wanted. He came out with Bailey Zappi. So he's the Patriots type of guy. I like the pick. I just don't like it doing in the fourth round. I don't know why Bill just continues to have uh, an allergic reaction to picks in the fifth round. He hates picks in the fifth round. I understand yeah. that before. Now with COVID factoring in and deep draft classes now and wide receivers, I think it's just ill-sighted. I think it's him being stuck in his ways. I think you take Zappy in the fifth round, you take another, another pick here, uh, then I feel different about it, but I like the player. I've heard people say, if you're going to draft a backup quarterback in the fourth round, then go for a high trait, strong armed guy. What? Uh, look, <laughs> everybody want like, Oh, he should have an elite skill. Listen, the Patriots have done that a lot and it hasn't worked. They've drafted a lot of quarterbacks in the, in the mid to late rounds with yeah, Ryan oh, Mallet. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Ryan Mallet is the perfect example. Like, I have no problem drafting a guy who's pretty much Mac Jones light. He's like Mac Jones, you know, QB two guy, he's, he's got the same, he doesn't have as strong of an arm as Mac and Mac doesn't have an overly strong arm, but if you're going to bring somebody in as a backup quarterback, the next 10 years, find a guy who plays like Mac Jones, find a guy who's smart. They did. I don't, I don't hate it at all. Uh, Kevin Harris at 183 running back. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I'm sure he's fine. I just didn't, the, these last picks and just knock it out. I mean, Kevin Harris, I just don't like double dipping at running back. I didn't want to do that. I'd rather do something else. Uh, Sam Roberts, you know, we'll see. You can always use, you know, sort of interior pass rusher types. 
Um, Chasen Hines, I like him at guard. Um, I don't know why you need to go guard again after you just went guard in the first round. Um, he reminds me of Awenu a bit. Same round, too, where they were drafted. Uh, same similar body type. Stuber, I can't find anybody who thinks he can play. I haven't watched him yet, but everybody doesn't think he's any good. But we'll see. When you get to, like, the sixth round, lotto ticket, lotto yeah. ticket, lotto ticket. Uh, exactly. Kevin Harris, lotto ticket, was really good in the SEC before he got the back injury. I saw Lance Zerline say that if if Harris was healthy in this draft, he would have been one of the top six to eight running backs in, in the draft. So you take a lotto ticket on him. Uh, yep. Sam Roberts, again, lotto ticket, great size. He's got some good measurements. Does it work? Who knows? Uh, Jason Hines seems like he's the the bell of the ball, so to speak, with these late picks. He had yep. some injuries, but he's big. He's athletic. I agree with you. You know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of see Shaq Mason in his game. Pulls like so, a son of a bitch. Yeah. And if you if you end up moving strange to center or, you know, you have some versatility now and, and you have some pieces, you could move a Wenu to tackle eventually down the road. You could move strange to center. You could have, you know, maybe Hines, if he works out, can move in. And Stuber, again, he's a gigantic human being. Some people had him as a fifth round guy. So if you want to talk value late, they, they, they picked the guy that was fifth round projected in the seventh round. Um, and he could develop into that kind of swing tackle. That's like the top potential for him. So again, another lottery ticket, uh, Greg, what was the reaction around the league to this draft? Uh, they were confused as we were. Um, they, they just don't understand the value. And I, you know, I've asked around and people have come to me and texted me like what's going on in new England, like what's going on. They, they think that, well, first of all, one thing I wanted to bring up and we'll sort of wrap here and we'll leave the, the, the question member question off uh, for this week. And because and, this has sort of been the, the member question anyways, what, what happened with the draft? Uh, you know, when we when we questioned Bill Belichick going with Matt Grow as director of player personnel over an experienced guy like Elliot Wolf or bringing in another guy, uh, this, this was one of our fears that when you're as, you know, green as Grow is and compared to like Ziegler and Casario and those guys who have been around um, Ziegler had been other places. Ziegler, I will tell you, one of his strengths is he knows everybody in the league. And, and yeah. you know, a lot of these guys, what they do is they get on the phone at some point and they see guys out scouting and, you know, sort of they have the ability because some people are like, oh, I might work for that guy someday. They say, you know, Ziegler can go to them and say, you know, hey, what's your range on this guy? How high are you guys on this guy on your board? And he'll get answers. The Patriots draft to me reeked of them not ha- them having a big blind spot to what the information was from the rest of the league, that they didn't know how teams valued Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton and things like that. Is that fact? I don't know. Nobody knows. The Patriots aren't going to tell us. But that's the way it read to me. That's what I heard from people around the league that they said, you know, this is to me, this is grow not having sources around the league and not knowing what the board is because they could have got, they, they drafted some good players, but they could have gotten them a lot later and done a lot of different things. And I thought that Ziegler did a good job of that last year, like them trading up and getting Christian Barmore. We'll see if Thornton's the Barmore of this draft. Maybe he is. I don't know. But and the other thing I wanted to bring up that I was thinking about right before this, Nick was, I find it interesting that they went with Cole strange in the first round, because who do we think is the offensive line coach this year for the Patriots? Yeah. Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia and who's Bill's little buddy now 
Matt Patricia. So if, do you think that is it possible that Matt Patricia stood on a table and said, Bill, I'm the offensive line coach. I want a guy. I want this guy. And Bill said, okay, and went along with Matt Patricia. Just one thought that I had. I don't know what the case is, but the, the overwhelming uh, reaction around the league was the Patriots underwhelmed in this draft, and, and they, they, are, they are puzzled by what New England did. I give it a solid C somewhere around there. Again, I gave you some of the uh, silver linings to this draft, and, and I'll say it one more time. If Cole Strange works out eventually, if he is like that good, then people will care a lot less about where he was drafted because inevitably you're going to have guys who were drafted in the top 50 that don't work out, that stink, that flame out. So if, if you hit with Tyquan Thornton and you're looking at, you know, Strange, Thornton, and I think Marcus Jones, as long as he's healthy, will be fine. Then you know, three yep. years from now, this draft might be looked at differently. But mm-hmm. anyway, there's a there's there's a lot of stuff out there about this draft. It was obviously unique. It was interesting, and and it gave us a lot to talk about. And it, we'll talk about it more as we move forward in this offseason. Yep. He's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. Be good. Be safe. Be healthy. Till next time, we'll talk to you.